1: Good morning, Grinders! Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto-Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender, Ed, Blender HD. if you want to follow me on Twitter. And it's Tuesday, Tuesday, October 4th. It's kind of a toss-up today. Toss-up Tuesday, we got, what, two days of baseball left, right? Programming note, just a programming note for people that uh, want to know. There's going to be no pregame show tomorrow. Uh, me and Dean will be on at 2:30 Eastern tomorrow to cover the the last the last baseball regular season slate of the season. So you won't you won't see a thumbnail, right? You you, you won't you won't show up because there won't be anything to show up to. But there'll be Grinders live in crunch time tomorrow, and I'll be on with Dean, and uh, and uh, I'm, I'm here I'm here today. Toss up Tuesday. I'll answer. I'm, stupid questions are allowed today. I think right. I'll be going over a little bit about the showdown yesterday uh, in NFL. Uh, give me those thumbs-ups early in the morning, right? Give me those like buttons. You know how much I like those. The subscribe button, the subscribe-y scribes, and the notification bell, right? There's not much going on today, right? We got a baseball slate later. Grinders Live and Crunch Time will be on later today. We got the, the prop show for NFL. We got uh, what? What Scores and Odds. Oh, go, go subscribe to the Scores and Odds channel, right? If you want the prop pits, bets, and... The shorts, I know Will is on there and, and Grant is on there doing shorts and whatever. So go over there while, while you're at it. Uh, good morning, everyone in the chat. Wataz, uh, Suki Singh, apparently not not here in the morning. Not here early, at least. Doug Montgomery, Joe Mack, Chris Ahrens. Alex Santi's here. Brett Booth, Rob Gardner, James Aguirre, Grant Brown. Rob Gardner says, good morning, Glenn. Do you know anyone that has UCL projections? Yes, we do. Yes, Roto-Grinders. We have uh, we have Champions League projections. I, I, I use them. Uh, uh, we, we have projections for soccer for the champions league slates and the premier league slates. So if you, you could go, you could go right now. I mean, I could, I could switch, I could switch over. What what do we got for champions league today? All right. That's what I'm playing today. Right. That's the only thing that I'm playing today. Uh, understand that the projected lineups, who knows? I mean, especially these midweek games, these get updated at like what? 145 or so two o'clock Eastern. So, uh, so yeah. So, uh, Alex is behind the scenes, Alex and Sean, uh, changing the projection so you can see right here right we even have, we even have the tags right core core salary leaf gpp right most likely you're playing a lot of liverpool today there the the pricing is you know they included the dk always like includes like the the domestic league form into the champions league pricing and that kind of screws up uh yeah when when uh yeah barcelona against inter is actually a a, a kind of a closer matchup than Barcelona recently and they're in the Spanish league in in La Liga. Uh and Liverpool's not in very good form in the Premier League. Uh but they're they have uh, like a 2.7 implied goal total and uh their players are a little little too cheap. So you're going to see a lot a lot of Liverpool. Just understand I just want to highlight uh the the soccer projections. I've said this before. So- soccer projections are much closer to similar to baseball projections in a way uh that the, the players that are much more goal dependent have different distributions than the ones that aren't goal dependent so for instance lewandowski 18.37 as like a median is like like he doesn't like if, if he doesn't score any goals he's not getting double digits right like like he's not gonna get there like a lot like a lot of these these uh these rejections for, especially for the high implied goal scores so like if lewandowski is like minus Let's say minus 110 or something, or near even money to score anytime. Well, a goal is worth like five points, right? On DraftKings. So like a goal is worth 10 points. So like five points of that is like the implied goal, right? And then how many, how many, how much, how many times that he scores two goals in a game? So like, like it could be half of his points in this median is just goal and just goal scoring. So, like, there's a difference between him and, let's say, Dembele, who's much more likely to get, like, fouls drawn and crosses and stuff like more peripheral points. So, less of his score is goal dependent. So, that's why you have to look at Harry Kane, 14.98. Like, he doesn't really do anything else other than shoot. He doesn't touch the ball. He's the closest to net. His It's all wrapped up in goal scoring odds more than anything. Rather than Sun who will take more than half the set pieces and be you know much more active peripherally yeah he has goal scoring odds also but like son son's floor compared to Haynes, kane's floor floor is much higher right same for lewandowski right we take lewandowski's floor is much lower than both than than son lower than rafinha lower than zelensky like these guys have much more normal distributions while guys like Lewandowski and Kane have much more bimodal distributions, So that, that's the only difference. So if you just go in and it's like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, what's the optimal lineup? Let me go into cash games. Like, let, let me see. I'm going to check. Based on our projected 11s, uh, what would tell you is the highest median lineup? And almost always I will look at this lineup and go, I, you will not see this. I will not play this in double ups, right? I'll look, Salah, Lewandowski, Nielsen, Youngman, Felipe, Sanzai, McGregor, Trent Alexander-Arnold, like you, you're not gonna, you're not gonna, this, you're not gonna see this. <laughs> like, I ain't, I ain't playing this line. You're, you're, play, you're probably playing TAA. You're probably playing Samikas. You're, you're probably playing Salah, right? Salah's in there. You're not playing Lewandowski in Cash at 10.8k, right? Right. So you're, you're, you're probably playing Nielsen because Scov Olsen's out and he's gonna take up most of the set pieces for Brood. So at 4k, he's, he's worthwhile from a floor perspective as a punt but his upside is kind of capped. So maybe not, you know, maybe you try to find someone a little bit better, you know, goal scoring odds wise in GPP. So like that's, that's the, you could use the, use the projections, just understand that the distributions for each player are different. Okay. And knowing soccer obviously kind of, kind of helps typically, typically for drafting scoring, uh, the the center forwards are, are very bimodal and then the wide attacking players and fullbacks that at least get up are much more normally distributed. So in GPP you're looking for more of the bimodal players and in cash you're looking for more of the normally distributed players. Yeah, technically you'd rather have like you like have a mix of both in a lineup for GPP, but that's that's kind of kind of the difference. Like I said, it's it's toss up. It's toss up Tuesday I answer anything. Right? I had a plan for the for the showdown, but I'll answer anything in the chat. So it doesn't matter. Right. Uh, Rob Garner said I smashed Saturday with your building strategy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, a, I'm I'm one of the I'm one of the best DFS soccer players in the world. So, yes, yes, that's a lot of people don't realize that it still amazes me. It's, t- it's 2022. I started playing DFS October 2015, where I, I'm we're like a, a week and a half away from my seven year anniversary. I played. I played only only soccer for a year and a half. I mean, like, that was my main sport. That was the only sport I followed. So that's why I started playing, and I've been in the lobby ever since. I don't play the small slates, the interleague slates, the Europa League stuff. I used to play all. I used because that's all I played. So I played MLS. I played Liga MX even, and even though you can't even find the lineups, I would play all the international break games and the Euro and the the. Well, now they call it the. I don't even know the what the Nations League. But the international Euro qualifiers, I, I did never, I did, did it all, I played played it all. But now some of the some of the most of those slates are are small, uh, low prize pools, and the cash lobby is all sharp players. So like, what what what, what am I doing? Right, it's it's hard enough to get action in cha- Champions League and EPL at, at at the at the high at the higher stakes uh, without playing Saramac and Red Coke and Pew and uh, and Alex and Sean and those types. Of, like uh, we were just flipping coins at that point uh let's see go through the youtube chat i'll talk a little bit about the showdown i wanted to talk a little bit about showdown yesterday uh tmax says thanks for the prize picks last week i took those winnings and purchased the rg sub with the blitz okay okay i didn't did i do anything did i do anything with prize? i didn't i don't i don't share prize picks but i tell you how to use the blitz in order to pick prize picks right because the blitz uh, projections are up right now, but they're not they're not adjusted for injured players. So, like, I wouldn't even use them now because they still have, like, Patterson and Javante Williams. And Like, Javante Williams shouldn't be in the Broncos projections. So later tonight, I think Cardi uh, takes those out. And then on Wednesday afternoon does, like, usage adjustments. So I would wait until later tonight and to make sure that the injured players aren't in there because Cordell Patterson ain't getting 63 yards rushing if he's not playing. Right. And then that affects the projections for all the other players on the team and the game and everything. So, so that's all I do. So there's, there's no like, Oh, I'm, I'm some Oracle that could have the right price picks. I went, I went 15 and six in props on price picks. I, I I, made a good, good chunk of money uh, on 15 and six. Cause the, the high value, the ones with the largest discrepancy, I, I, I make more pairs with and higher value. And the ones that don't i make less value so uh, like i think all all my high value pairs came in and i hit some like five five pick ones so like i i think i i netted like eight thousand bucks on prize picks going 15 and six which is pretty good on on two picks that are like 25 bucks 50 bucks the highest is like 75 dollars or something like that and i just round robin i make a ton of them right uh so yeah, so that that's what I do. So if you if you subscribe to Roto Grinders, you, you get the get the Blitz projections, you get all these statistical projections, and then you just go on Prize Picks and the ones that are the largest discrepancy, right? You need a large discrepancy for two reasons, okay? Two reasons they're both math reasons. On Prize Picks, we have fixed odds parlays, okay? Which means you're getting paid two to one, you're getting paid three to one, you're winning two to one on a two pick power right you're getting that no matter what you pick okay so that so to break even each of those bets have to be minus 137 or about a 57.6% implied probability so you need to find props that are off to make it so that the number like if they say the number is 60 and and well the Blitz has it at 66 I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the over. It's like that's not enough. Like on the distribution of that stat, like 66 is only six points past the the prop number. That's not gonna get to you to the 58th percentile at all, right? Even if it was the median, right? And that's the second point that I'm gonna make. Okay, so you need to find ones that are much much larger in discrepancy than that. Okay, Russian rushing yard props that are a good 20 25 percent off, especially at the low range. Right? If someone has a prop of 30 yards, you know, and then you, oh, and the blitz has 38. It's like, that ain't good enough. Right? You need like 45 or something there. Right? And if someone has a prop of like 62 and the blitz has them at like 71, it's like, that ain't enough. Like, you need like 80. there. You need like something, at least that. Right? So you have to find those. And also you have to realize that all projections, DFS wise, typically are mean projections. Okay? They're not median projections, but sportsbook lines are median projections. Okay. Median means 50% of the outcomes are above it and 50% of the outcomes are below it. Okay. Mean just means an average of all of them. So like let's say, let's say, yeah, here are the range of outcomes. Zero, 10, 10. 0, 10, 20. Like the, the mean, the median. Of the second one is 10 the median of the first one is 10 also but the the mean is much higher for the first one right so you mean projections if you just use mean projections for like fantasy points like you you're, you're going to get a larger discrepancy especially on the overs than you would on anything else so you're going to you're going to notice that if you just use mean projections that you're going to find that oh this this thing is off by 10 yards over like more more than not and that that's correct from a mean standpoint, but from a median standpoint, it isn't. Median is still 50. You'll find that the mean, the mean, like someone who has a rushing yard mean of 58 has a median of 52, right? And then you'll see the sportsbook line at like 51, right? And you go, okay, well, 58, that's seven points higher. It's like, no, it's that, that for the mean, but not the median. So you have to understand the difference between mean and median. From a heuristic standpoint, right? If it's just directionally accurate, just find discrepancies that are wide, right? Just find the widest you can. If you're thinking in your head, is this wide enough? Don't don't take it on price picks or underdog. Okay. If you're thinking like, is this enough? Is it enough? Then then it's probably not, right? But the ones that are really off, like the Geno Smith one from last from last week, like I got that. What what did I get that at? Two twenty, I think. I got it less than that. No, I got it at 220 on price picks, right? It closed at like 255 and the blitz had the Geno Smith for like 290, right? So 70 yards. like, yeah, yeah. I don't have to worry about mean and median distinctions. Or if I get to the 58th percentile, it's like that's that 70 yards on a prop on a passing prop. That's, that's, that's big enough. I, I'll take the over right there. Right. And then obviously it moves. It moves to 250, 249 and a half. And then a lot of the value is gone. Okay. Ah, uh, T Mac asks: Do the discrepancies depend on the position? Yes, obviously. Rushing, rushing totals are much more normally distributed than than passing, than uh, than receiving totals because there's more events that happen for them. So the discrepancy for for uh, a receiving prop, uh, that for a for a rushing prop, have to be pretty much higher than than for a receiving prop, right? In general, remember. If you're doing this on for sportsbook props, you can get minus 110s and you 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 only have to have like a 53% break even point. But for prize picks and underdog, you need a 58% break even point. So, if you're doing prize picks and underdog, you probably don't have to worry you're thinking too much. Okay? Don't worry about don't like I I you should, but I'm just saying you don't even need to. Well, is this and not like dude, it would look so ridiculous that you just take it anyway. You're going to go on Price Picks and you're going to go okay, the the receiving prop for this receiver is 42. And you're going to go to the Blitz and the Blitz has him for 76. And you go, "Well, what happens if it's the prop and like, dude, that's such a large discrepancy, just go over." Just oh, that's it. That's it. What else what else heuristically, what else do you need to do? Most likely that prop by the, by by Friday is already up to 55. Okay? And then, then you could say, well, well, 55 and 76. And I don't know, you know, like that at that point, but the, you're trying to find ones that are way off that are way off and you got to get them early. That's why I stress that you got to get them early, right? You should, you should be, you should set your alarm clock for later tonight or whatever. And you should be hammering. If you see, I even post my timestamps on Twitter. I show that like, Oh, Wednesday at midnight, right? So basically just Tuesday night and I'm doing it, you know, Tuesday night at 11.55 p.m. And you know, right in the Wednesday morning, you know, 12 30 in the morning. Like that, that's when I got pretty much all of mine in. Right. I'm I'm doing it then. Because then by the time you wait till Friday, you're gonna get five, 10 yard moves on pretty much everything that you're betting on, because typically you're 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 in the right direction. Now with sportsbooks, you could, you have a lower break even point. That would be different. But for these, you, you need such wide discrepancies that they would they would be staring you right in the face. You'd look in the blitz projections and go. You'd look at this; it'll be something like you look and you go. Uh, Damian Pierce has a 72 uh, rushing as of like as of right now. This, these don't matter now. Uh, and you'd look on Prize Picks, and his rushing prop would be 50, and you go like uh, I think that's big enough, right? But if his rushing prop was 60, then you nope, that's not big enough. Could it be big enough? Maybe, maybe it's maybe, maybe, but probably not. So you, you'll, you'll find this like Jeff Wilson. Like I had a ton of Jeff Wilson over 53 and a half that I got in on Wednesday. That I mean, I like last week, uh, obviously I hit that and then that, that's the pretty good last night. Uh, but, the, the the, the blitz had his rushing, his rushing yards at like 78 or something. So it's like that, that's a 20, 24 yard rushing discrepancy. Like I, I, I'm just hitting it there. You. Go. What's the worst case scenario that comes down a little. I mean, I'm, I'm probably way past the 58th percentile as well as the, even though that's a mean rushing projection, it's the median is, is still, what's the median 70 and the prop is 53 and a half, like give it to me. Okay. So like, like the, the, when you're using, doing price picks and underdog, the discrepancy should be so wide that you're not even going to have to think about, like, well, is this good enough? Is it really Is it No, you're, you're probably not. You're going to look and go, something. You you're, gonna, you're almost going to question yourself and go, uh, does, why is this so low, right? Why, or why is this so high? Should I like you almost think it's like too good to be true, like that? But hey, I've I've been doing that this season and been crushing. So like, I I I I think Derek Hardy's projections are extremely good. So. I just go with the, I go with Cardi's projections and, uh, it's been, uh, it's been paying off for me. Ah, oh, let's see. Do, 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 through the YouTube chat. Uh, James Aguirre. I have a stupid question. Like I said, stupid questions are allowed. I said, right. Obviously we're never getting to the showdown stuff. Do you base who you play on the number of lineups you enter? No. Uh, for example, I made three GPP lineups last week. Would you have landed on the chargers of playing just three lineups? The, the, don't, the number of lineups you play does not matter right? The numbers, if you only played three lineups, I could, I could choose 50,000 lineups. I could build 50,000 on a normal, like 12 game NFL slate or something. I could build 50,000 lineups that I'd be fine with at whatever contest I'm playing. I'd look at it and go, okay, that's fine. Oh, okay. That's fine. Oh, okay. That's fine. For 50, the matter. And, and I would view out of the 50,000, most of them where I would be about similar to each other. I'd be like that. Oh, there. I could close my eyes and randomly choose three, and that would be perfectly fine, right. Some are higher variance than others, right? Some are high variance lineups, some are low variance lineups, right? Some Some have more equity in different payout spots. They all have first enough first place win equity that they're, they're the plus EV. But from a diversification standpoint, they they have different different uh, qualities, pros and cons to them. So anything about what, if you're playing three lineups, you're all you're doing is considering, can I build a plus EV lineup? Yes. Can I build three of them? Yes. And how diversified do I want to be in my three lineups for this slate? And that, and that, that is your own personal decision, right? That's that's own whatever you want to do. I play, I played Mitch. I could play Mitch. I played Mitch Trubisky stats this past summer, this Saturday with uh, Claypool and Fryermuth and Pickens and Donson. Garrett Wilson or Moore as a run back, they, they did bad. They were bad. They were high variance lineups. If I had three lineups, could I play all three lineups with Mitch? Yeah, of course I could. There would be three high variance lineups that I have to expect that if I was just playing those three lineups, that I'm I'm gonna get zero back like ninety percent of the time. And then I'll, the time that it goes off, I have three shots for a lot of money. You could choose. You could choose to do that. That's perfectly fine. If they're the lineups individually are plus EV, you could say, okay, I don't want to put all my eggs on of uh, the Steelers Jets game. I'm going to do that in one lineup, and then this other lineup, I'll do something else. Like the lineup, the EV of the lineups are the same. If I just told you, if I didn't tell you the players, and I gave you that here, here's the EV of these lineups. I'm going to give you give you 20 lineups, okay. Here's the EV: a dollar twenty-seven, 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 a dollar 27, twenty-seven, twenty. of those. That is a twenty-seven cents on the dollar. You know, expected value over its entropy. And let's say I even told you that the standard deviation of those lineups were all the same, also. Right, right. So the variance of those lineups are still all the same. Okay, and I gave you 20 and you're like, uh, I am I'm, I'm playing 3." Which 3 do you choose? You can choose any 3. And and it doesn't matter. Long run it doesn't matter. Would you choose 3 that all have the same wide the same stack in it? You could, you could. The only reason that you wouldn't is because you're reducing your for risk management purposes. That's it. If you're playing more of your bankroll percentage-wise, there probably some more emphasis that you probably should place on diversification. So you don't go broke in the long run, right? You don't end up with a downswing where you're out of money, right? If you're playing a small percentage of your bankroll, then going, going, you know, dusting it up and going and throwing an air ball on three high variance lineups, probably much more value. Your risk of ruin is, Still lower because you're playing less of your bankroll. But is there a correct answer? No, that's that's a risk tolerance. That this is all risk management things. There's no correct thing. If you some people are more aggressive, some people aren't. Some people their bankroll could be replenished. So it's like, I don't mind going broke because I could just put another 500 bucks in. I mean, like it it's all dependent on that. It, 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 the, the expected value of the lineup is independent of that. So you're just looking to play the highest expected value lineups that you can within a reasonable variance. And that's it. That that's it. And you can make thousands of lineups that are like, okay, that's, that's good. Also. Well, oh, that one's, that one's a fine one. Right. Then which ones do you play? It's just, that's diversification. That's it. That's like, man, it's like what stock to pick. It's like, you can pick 5,000 stocks, right? Like if 5,000 stocks that all, all look that, oh, they're going to be going up in the next 10 years over the next 10 years. Well, how much of your, you have $10,000. How much do you invest in each one? You can invest all $10,000 in one stock, but just understand if that if the range of outcomes happens that five years from now, your stock is down 60%. You have a 60% drawdown, like all of your money is going in one direction. But if you have a six, if it goes up 300%, like you would have loved to have all your money in that one stock instead of it being diversified. You're diversifying for risk management purposes, not for the highest ROI. So that's what that type of question is. So it should it shouldn't matter how many lineups you play. It does not matter. It matters for risk management. It doesn't matter for strategy, or it doesn't affect the expected value of your lineup at all. Oh. So the the showdown slate yesterday. I wanna highlight, I wanna highlight something about the showdown slate. Not specifically yesterday, I, I did fine. I, I I had the third nut lineup in the 222. It was actually duped way more than I thought it would be because my ownership on uh, the Giants defense and Matthew Stafford was a little, little too high. I, I had the San Francisco defense at 14%, not 18%. Uh, and I had Cooper Cup and the captain at like 26%, not 32%. So what I thought was an under five ended up being like an under 20%. Uh, but that, as I've always said, if you're going to do dupe calculations, like your, your ownership really matters. Like the difference of two or three percent can mean the difference of a unique lineup and a lineup that's duped five times. So you got you got to be very very careful. And there's a margin of error there. So I'm I, I'm playing a bunch of lineups, and I know that some may end up being a little bit more dupe. Some may be, end up being. Sometimes it's the other way around. Oh, I thought this guy was going to be high owned, higher owned, and he's five percent lower owned. I had it as like a, like a dupe of three and it ends up being unique. Like that happens also. So, you know, that's, that's the margin of error. I mean, that happens on any slate on a classic slate or whatever. So last night's slate, we had a 232 way tie for first. So if we take a look, like we're not looking at the lineups or anything like that. I'm obviously in the, in this group over here somewhere. Right. Right. Cause I did play in the large field, the third nut lineup, uh, which was cup. Right. Cup and the captain, no Stafford, the four, you know, Robbie Gold and basically playing. I played Robbie Gold instead of Matt Gay. Take a take a look at this. Okay, so if you you won yesterday, if you came in first place, you won fifty six fifty five. The second best lineup, you just got seventy nine dollars. Right. So you take a look at all the payouts for like just having the second best, third best, the fourth best. Like very, very little. But first place was only fifty six hundred dollars. Remember, this is supposed to be a million to first, okay? But it's a 232-way tie, so that comes out to a 5,600 payout. Now, if we take a look at players that played 150 lineups. So if you played 150 lineups into a $15 contest, that is $2,250. If you came in first place, you, you, you barely went over double your money. Like here's here's uh 150, 150, 55, 14. You put in 2250, you got like 2.3x or something by winning first place for all of your entries combined, right? So we see here 4675, 55, 14, 60, 78. We go here, it's like, well, obviously no one could have made more than about five or six thousand dollars, right? But they put in twenty two fifty. Okay? So you see here, it's like, okay, the upside is there. But look at the downside. If you didn't have that lineup, you pretty much lost like 80% of your money. You lost 70, 80% of your money, right? I mean, you take a look here, 150. All you had to do is just not hit that lineup. Because remember, we take a look at the leaderboard. Having the second best lineup only got you $79. The third best lineup only got you 46 Right? $40. $40. Because... One through 232 is already all those slots are taken up already. And then split by all those people. Okay? So what is your upside by playing a lineup that is 232 way tied? Especially the more lineups you're playing in the contest, you're just destroying your you're destroying your ROI. it, it, it this is not profitable long term. The more lineups that you play. I mean, even if you play one lineup, it's not profitable long-term. It's just that you're not going to live long enough for, for the negative to, to affect you. Because you, be, let's say you just played one lineup for, for, what, 15 bucks? And you got 56, 55. Like, that covers your showdown lineups for the next 10 years, right? If you play one lineup per showdown on an island game three times a week, right? So if you're playing one lineup, it is still negative. It's still negative EV. But to realize the negative EV when you win once, you'll be profitable probably for playing one lineup and showdown every slate. So if you're only playing one lineup and you say, screw it, I don't care about duplication. If you did that every day forever, you'd lose money. But from a practicality standpoint in a normal human lifespan, I don't, I don't blame people, right? I don't blame them. Right. If you're playing one lineup, if you're playing if you're playing more than one lineup, if you're playing 20 lineups, 50 lineups, definitely 150. You these these lineups you are not. You have to avoid these lineups. There's, no, there's not there's nothing. If you're playing too many of these lineups, there's, there's no way. There's the, you're you're going you're you're going to lose a lot of money. Okay, you are. I'm I'm telling you, you are. And the people that do, dupe all the time over here. If you actually scraped all all the contests, all the showdown contests, whatever, you'd see that unless, unless they getting some type of big, big, they're losing a lot of money. I'm not a little bit of money. I'm talking about a lot of money. Okay, now let's go to a, the, this other. I brought up, uh, this is from the Denver-Seattle game from earlier a couple of weeks ago. Okay, so in this contest, there was a four-way tie for first. Okay, so each of these four players got two hundred and ninety three thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars, not fifty six hundred, like nearly three hundred K. Okay, the next lineup was duplicated. It looks like forty one times and they all got thirty eight eleven. Right. And then look at look at the payouts of this. Compared to the other one. Right. Second best lineup, seventy nine dollars. Third best lineup, forty six dollars. Right. You're getting look, look at how many dupes are here. Here there's less duplication, right? Yeah, yeah. This this lineup is duplicated 41 times, right? But the next one is only duplicated 10. The next one is only duplicated 12. Next one is only duplicated twice. The best unique lineup is in the 117 spot. They got you 200 dollars Not 45 bucks, right? The one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The eighth Bethel, eighth, eighth nut lineup netted two hundred dollars, while the eighth Line up here four five six seven eight. They did you thirty five bucks. So look at look at all down. Even if you didn't hit the top lineup and you played fifty lineups, if you got a couple up over here, you may actually have made some money, right? Or at least not lose like eighty percent of your money. And we can see here if we sort by by number of entries. So like we can see here on this other one. Because it'll show you the ROI. If you noticed, the ROI for most of the players that split this, this 5,600 or whatever the hell didn't play 150 lineups. So, like eight lineups 19, 40, 40, 46, 10, 14, 9, 10, 12, 10, 14, 10, 11, right? Where are the 150ers here, right? With single bullets single bullets single bullets okay that's that's fine but look there's only what one one fifty up here 60 78 and where where else I don't know. that's the only one and 100 a guy with 100 61 45 no uniques right probably played a couple of lineups that that are close that were close to the top right but like you don't see anything else because it's hard to ma- it's hard to make money right this was essentially a double up For one, if you were, if you had the lineup and you played 150 max, it was essentially a double and you're playing a milli GPP. Are you that confident that your lineups are, are, have that high win probability that you're playing this as a double up? Just play a double up. But we look here, look at the 150. Now, this is a slate where the, the winner was just a dupe of what three, right? What was it? A four dupe. And the next couple of lineups, I mean, you have, you have plenty of uniques here. Like we have a unique, a two-dupe, a two dupe, a five-dupe, a two-dupe. You know, we have a couple of little, little trades, a 40-dupe or something in there. But then we take a look at the 150ers here. And then we have, like, we have some people that are like, you know, let's take a look. Like here, 292,375. It's like, okay, they got it. They put in what? This, is, what, this was a... $15 contest, $2,250, and they got back twenty two almost $300,000, right? They put in $2,250, right? Some people didn't lose all that much, right? Third inch long, Dylan 125, we got some. But we'd see here on these 150ers, right? Most of them lost like more than half, right? 1199, 1370, 1164, 11650, 10, 1710. So look look at how many 150ers, like lost. Look, Peter Gibbon, Court Jesters, Daladino, The Mish, right? Keep Calm Until Dawn, Dark luck Mr. Good Seats, Danny Ohms, DFS Hofbrow King, right? Sassin, like some these are people that that, that are good, a bro. So 1,000 to like, you know, 50% loss plus on these. But let's take a look at at this now, at the one from yesterday with the heavy duplicated lineup that won. Let's take a look at 150ers. Either you had that lineup and you doubled up or you lost about the same, right? Shrek, 1840 loss. Locks, minus 1630. RBX 88 minus 1145, right? Dark Matalock minus 1760. Royal Payne minus 1075. Ricky D minus 2000. Rich Green minus 1475. I slew foot you minus 1900. Like these losses are not that much different than the losses on a slate where a more unique lineup, a less duplicated lineup won. That's what it's going to be for, for if you're maxing 150. That's what it's going to be normally. Most slates, you're going to lose 50 to 60% of your your entry fees. No matter how duplicated the winning lineup is. Okay? So let's say if you had 150, would you be playing duplicate? Like, okay, I could play 150 lineups. All of them duplicated 50 to 100 times. And I either put in 2250 and get back 6,000 five to six thousand or I put or or I'll lose a thousand bucks or twelve hundred bucks or I could put in a hundred and fifty that are duped under five at least, right? Under 10 at least. And either one of them comes in first and I get a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars, fifty thousand dollars. And or my downside is that I lose I lose a thousand, fifteen hundred bucks. Like the downsides of both are about the same the upsides of both are dramatically different are dramatically different so why the hell would you be building lineups that are over you know of 50 dupes 20 dupes even like the downside is if you do not have the winning lineup in showdown most likely you lose you lose money on the slate Unless it's a weird slate where first is unique and second is unique and third is you like something like that, where you can come in third uniquely and make a bunch of money. Awesome. So when people are talking about, it, it's like, Oh no, I don't care about duplication. I'm just going to build 150 lineups and who cares if it's over twenties. Imagine doing that over the course of 50, a hundred slates, 200 slates. The win probabilities of each lineups have not changed. The only difference is how much you get paid based on how many other people are playing them. So if I if I told you that okay on this slate you're either you're either going to take a minus 60% loss or you're going to triple your money, 2.2x your money, 2.5x your money. Or I give you the choice of you can play 150 different lineups. You're either going to lose 60% or you're going to like 100x your money. Which one would you take? Like the second one, obviously. Like the, the probabilities have not changed. So playing these heavily duplicated lineups, especially the more and more lineups that you play, like simulate that out. Do that in Excel. You can do that in Excel. Do it in Python. The computer programming people. Sim that out. Sim that thing out. You'll 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 see that. Like you, you're gonna you're gonna lose a ton of money. Yeah, oh yay, I won. I won. Five showdowns this season, playing 150 lineups. Right, you won five, six showdowns, playing 150 lineups, and at the end of the season, you're you're down 12 percent. You're down probably more than that, 20, 25 percent. Yeah, but you won five of them. You're down anyway. If you didn't win that you're you're either going to win five to ten thousand dollars, or you're going to lose the same amount, no matter what. But your your shot at uniquely getting a million is zero because you're playing no unique lineups, right? And even the ones for like getting at $100,000, some of these 150 sets have no under 10s. So it's like you you can't even get $100,000 by splitting first place, right? Some of, some of these sets have lineups where the top lineup could get 15,000 at most. But your downside is about the same. So, why are you playing duplicated lineups or heavily duplicated lineups? Doesn't mean you have to play all uniques, right? It doesn't have to be all the way on the other end of the spectrum where, you know, I'm going to leave 15000 on the table and play three $200 guys. Like, dude, that, those, those lineups have such low win probabilities. You probably shouldn't be playing those either, even though they are unique. That's why I say getting under fives and in these big ones, these milli types, even under 10s, fine. Under tens, but like I said before, if you're just playing one lineup, this still applies because the scale still applies, right? A lineup, a fifteen dollar lineup that is duped like as often as that is probably only worth eleven dollars. It's probably still only worth eleven dollars, twelve dollars. You're still losing money in the long run. But if you're only playing one lineup a slate, and you win five grand once. Like, what's, what's five grand divided by 15? That'll last you another 333 sl- showdown slates. Let's say you play them all, 50, play 50 a season. I mean, you're talking about six seasons worth, of, six plus seasons worth of showdown slates. If you played 10 seasons worth of showdown slates, even playing one lineup, you'd probably end up, you'd be like, oh, well, I I won that one. And now after 10 years, I'm actually down like a couple of percent. Like, it will end up happening. It's just that it's a much longer time frame now. But if you're playing 150, dude, you, 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 you there, there are people. There are people. Go study. I'm not, not making stuff up. Go download the CSVs from last year. There was one person last year that won showdown nine times and lost money. Okay? Nine times and lost money. Okay? So put things into perspective. Nine times and lost money. Because you play uh, way too many. Yeah, yeah. The nine times they won were the the, the 100, 200 train, you know, 300. There was one like 470-something train. Win, quote-unquote, win. Nine times and lost money.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match.
1: So that I'm, I'm. The purpose of this show is to help you be good DFS players. That's. I don't want that. Truthfully, if you're gonna play 150, I want you. I want you to play dupes. If, uh, and and any any sharp any sharp player, would tell you I wouldn't want people to get better, right? I I, I shouldn't want you to get better. But the purpose of this show is to help you. Ah. Uh. DFIC, out of 150, does it make sense to allocate 5 to 10% of lineups to highly probable, highly duped, and the rest to low dupes? No, that lowers your expected value. You'd only be doing that for risk management purposes. Okay, so understand there's a trade-off, right? Going heavily, I'm going to go way off the board, have tons of completely unique lineups. Your chances of going minus 95% on the slate are much higher. But if you don't go minus 95%, you're going to win a million dollars. Right, you're gonna put five hundred and fifty thousand dollars or something. That's a high. That's a high variance portfolio. If you want to mix in, maybe not highly dupe lineups, but if you want to throw in, it's like I maximize for under fives, for instance. I don't care about uniques. I care about under fives or even under tens. If I can get most of my lineups under ten for this these milli types, I think I'm fine. I'd rather get them to under fives, but that's that's fine. And most of the time. Um, most of the time, as long as my ownership is is good, I can play 50 lineups. And remember, I'm not playing 150 either, right? And I'm more likely to play more lineups on slates where it's easier to get unique. The more cheapies on the bottom, the more you know, the more spread out the ball is. You know, more viable players, I play more lineups. The less viable players, I play less lineups because it's it'll be much harder to get more less duplicated lineups. So if I'm playing 50 lineups. Most lates I play fifty. I end up with like forty-two under fives, six under tens, and two that would that end up being like a twenty-four dupe so. Like, there's some margin of error there that I end up with a lineup that sometimes I'm on a trade. Sometimes I oh that lineup I, I it's, it's 168 ways and just like oh I don't know how I ended up with that right? It just happened mistake. That's a mistake. It's just it, I don't mean for that to happen, but it happens. So that's what my portfolio tends to look like. If you want to lower your risk in general, but you're not lowering it that much. Remember, I just showed you that your losses are going to be close enough. If you don't hit the nut lineup, then why not go for the nut lineup as uniquely as you can? If the losses are going to be the same pretty much close enough anyway, they'll be lower. I get it. They will be low. If you like, Oh, 10% of my lineups, I'm just going to play like the dupe train. 400 way, whatever. It's like you you could do that, but there are win probability lineups that are similar to that lineup that aren't duped 400 times. They're duped 20 times. So, like, the win probability of that lineup is not, doesn't warrant being 20 times more duplicated. So, you shouldn't be playing those lineups. You can find ones that are at least 20, right? That's fine. Fine. 50, still better than 400, right? Once you get to that extent, there are lineups that shouldn't be that duplicated. Right. You get to a point there's an equilibrium. It's just like anything else. How many times should this lineup should be? How how should it be played? Nerdy Tanner was here, he'd tell us. You go based on his based on his uh, supercomputer, right? Right, his algorithm, whatever, whatever he uses, right? He'd tell us he'd go, okay, that lineup was supposed e- in, in in equilibrium, this lineup that won with a 232-way tie should have only been used 138 times. Right? And because it was over 138, it's it, now you're now you're in a negative EV land. He'd be able to tell you that. So there may be some lineups that are duped 42 times that should be duped 68 times. So playing it on a 42 dupe train should, would be plus EV technically, yes, right. But you'd have to know those numbers. You'd have to know what it is. And typically, once you get up to the range where it's duped 200 way ties, you, 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 it's over. It's over it's over. Matt Mears says, with the payout structures the way they are, it almost gets to the point that it isn't worth playing the large field showdown with any serious volume. Dupe lineups at the top just kill the payouts. That, that that's, that's correct. And the more and more likely that a dupe lineup wins, the less lineups you should really even be playing. I don't think playing 115 in this contest is necessarily the best for your bankroll. Unless you're really, really good at it, you need a very significant bankroll to do so. And that's the main reason why I don't play 150 lineups in Showdown. Smooth Jimmy Apollo, hey Blender, you know of any way of researching top players' Fanduel lineups? No, I mean you can't get the CSV downloads. There, there. Tech. I don't want to say there isn't a way. Uh, the two ways to do it are one, do everything manually. So you have to just click around. That, that's what you. That's what you'd have to do. Click around. You cut and paste, right? You click to the lineup and you you drag your mouse and you cut it and you put and you do that for all the lineups. Like good luck doing that, right? Just spending all week doing that. You could, you could also scrape that information. The problem with scraping is that FanDuel has very good bot protection, so it's very 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 tough to do. I can't do it, but I do know I do know people that can. I don't know how they do it, but they do it. I I, I I do know someone that, that has FanDuel information. That's not through an API. That's that's through scraping. So there are technically, I would say, do you know of anyone? Yes, I know of. I, can, I, I can't do that. But I know it could be done. Uh, Rob Gardner. Blender, do you know the, how the rule at DraftKings works where you no longer have access to below $5 contests? Is it total profit or entries? That is rule change out game selection? Yeah, it's it's in the community guidelines. If you go to DraftKings site, it's literally listed. Like that's all you have to do is. It's kind of weird how you could just like Google the stuff and go and see. It's you can't play contests. I mean, I'll go to the community guidelines right now. DraftKings community guidelines. Let's see. Uh, acceptable behaviors. Okay, where fantasy fair play commitment. Fair playing field. Yeah, here you go. Contest eligibility. The highest volume players are ineligible to enter contests if the entry fee is less than $3. They are also ineligible to enter contests when the entry fee is less than $5 if the prize pool is less than $25,000. All contests with an entry fee less than $5 are 20 entries max, with the special exception of mini max contests. So if the the prize pool it like the play the $3 play action in NFL with a hunt with a, the the $100,000 prize whatever prize pool I could still play that cuz it's not under $25,000 of the prize pool anything under $3 the $2 and $1 contest I can't even see I got I, the, the, if you if you're past it typically from what I've been told it's 1 million in total entries a, a million a million dollars in total entries although I've also been told that that's that that's not that's one of the guidelines. It could profit slash there's some formula that they use. But from what I've been told a while ago, I, I've been past that point for three years. So two and a half years or whatever. So if you have a million dollars in entries, not winnings, just entries. There's nothing that says, the, the, the uh, Rob, there's nothing that DraftKings doesn't, doesn't share that information. They just said the highest volume players, but you could you could always just like email support. Obviously, contacting someone from DraftKings rather than someone that does not work for DraftKings would probably be the best way to find the answer of a DraftKings product. Rob Gardner asks, so uh, the question, while I have access, game selection is even more important to my maximize my EV while I have access, yes. I if I if I still could see the low stakes contest I would be I would I would only be playing. I would max out as much volume as possible at the that 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 level. You're removing you're removing like the top 100 Roto Grinders ranked players, the top 500 Roto Grinders ranked players from those contests. Look at all those 150 maxers in the the Quarter Arcade, the, the, they they're not they're not me, they're not they're not awesome-o. Right? They're not they're not those guys. Right? They're not playing those. Right. So you those are a lot of good lineups that are not long no longer there. I'm not saying there aren't good players down in the low stakes. There are plenty of good players in the low stakes. Right? They're not, they don't show up in the road grinders rankings because the because it's not high vol it's not, you know, dollar amount is low. But there's still there's still plenty of good players down there, but you're you're eliminating like so many lineups that could be in that contest that aren't. Or the one dollar double ups, two dollar double ups. Like you're not playing against me or McLovin or Empire Maker or any or anyone like that. You're playing against other people, I can't even see that lobby. I can't. I can't see. I can't even see. So you should be if you're if you're only playing like three hundred dollars worth of volume on a slate. Like you could easily never play a contest that's over three dollars. Right? You could just easily max that. You could probably do that up to like seven eight hundred bucks. Because you're playing GPP. So maybe you're maxing the quarter arcade, the $1 single entries, but you're also playing $51 uh, head-to-heads, $52 head-to-heads, and $53 head-to-heads. So that's $50 plus $100 plus $150. So that's $300 just in head-to-heads. Then maybe you're playing another $200 in in double-ups and triple-ups. That's $500. Then you're maxing out all the... The GPP, yeah, maybe maybe you could even get up to about a thousand bucks in volume, possibly. Probably, probably get seven hundred, right? Get something up to there. So if you were only if you're on if you're playing up to one thousand dollars worth of volume on a slate, and you're still eligible for the low stakes contest, that's that's literally what I'd be doing. I wouldn't even concern myself with anything. Above, th- above above the threshold. If there's a $3 contest with a less than $25,000 prize pool. Yeah, I'd be playing that also. Just, you're going to get the highest ROI there. And then when you move up, you're going to see your ROI go down. So if you're still eligible for that, just stay there until you get a million dollars worth. Of, until, stay there until, until they tell you you can't. Right? If you And if you can't beat those contests, what do you expect to beat the ones that are higher? Right? So that it's a it's a it's inevitable as it is. Well, I don't want to play the the low stakes so I want to go for a million dollars. Or like that. And then you're not play, you're playing you play for entertainment, then you're not playing for for money. You're not playing to to make money as as the primary driver to increase your ROI. No, you should you should be able to crush if you're good, you should be able to crush when people say, ah, oh, I I uh, you know, it's like, oh, I don't play the quarter arcade. I play the whatever. It's like, you know, the $15 large field. It's like, well, what's your ROI in that? Well, I'm negative. So it's why you just play the quarter arcade, right? Well, it's not enough money. Well, then you're not playing to make money. If if you were good enough to beat the $15 large field, you're good enough to beat the mini max, $1 mini max, the quarter arcade. If you're, if you're neg if you're, oh, I'm, I'm playing the double ups and head to heads at five, 10, 25 bucks. I have a minus 8% ROI. Like, dude, then go down, go down and play the dollar. If you're eligible. Play the dollar at that. Oh, but then I, I don't want to play for just a little bit amount of money. Well, if you can't beat the one dollar one, you, you'd make money if you were good enough. You'd make money, enough money in the low stakes that it's worth more than minus eight percent in the high, in the higher stakes. Like that makes no sense. The number one thing, and as I say in the course right theory of daily fantasy sports the new advanced course is out right now how to apply profitable DFS strategies for advanced players it comes with microsoft excel tools it comes it comes six hours 10 chapters of audio i pick it up it's tools that i use these excel tools i have open almost all the time i use them all the time Theoryofdfs.com. of but as i say here the number one factor that is reflected on your roi Is the skill level, the relative skill level between you and your opponents? That's it. Who will win more in one-on-one basketball? Me or LeBron James? Well, just looking at that in the vacuum, you go, well, obviously LeBron James. Me. I can hit some layups, maybe. Not that mobile. I ain't gonna play much defense, right? You'd say LeBron. Yeah, but what happens if it's LeBron versus Damian Lillard? What happens if it's LeBron versus Giannis? What happens if it's LeBron versus another NBA all-star? And then it's me versus a four-year-old kid in a wheelchair. I need to put the in the wheelchair because I don't know if I could beat the four-year-old kid even if he, if he could run around a little too much, right? So in a wheelchair. Like you take me in a wheelchair. If you were to bet $100 on who's going to win, right? The discrepancy in skill between a 43-year-old man and a four-year-old in a, in a wheelchair a blind four-year-old. We have to put it like, we have to get it down even more. So not only can they not run around, but can't even see where the basket is. Okay, so a, a me, so it's LeBron versus another NBA All-Star. And then it's me, 43-year-old man, in a one-on-one game against a blind four-year-old in a wheelchair. Like, and it's a $100 even money bet. Like, you'd take me. You wouldn't take LeBron. That... that, that who knows who knows i mean that that could happen. most likely i'm going to i'm going to win against the blind four year old in the wheelchair probably probably 99% of the time okay I'm pro- probably i'm not even guaranteeing that but probably, probably right so it just matters matter the relative skill level if it's Le- now if it's lebron versus the blind four year old in the wheelchair then that's obvious but if if he's going to win 90 100% of the time and i'm going to win 99.9% of the time but if i he doesn't get access to play The blind four-year-old in a wheelchair. You get to do that at the quarter arcade. There may be a lot of blind four-year-olds in wheelchairs playing. As opposed to the higher stakes past there, then you get more good players. That's what you should be doing. And you should be getting the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. for advanced players. Ten chapters of audio. All the Excel tools that are updated. Like James Dude does update. Adds little features, little UI uh, improvements. Gets feedback from people. Like he he provides development support. Guide you through. We have tutorials on how to even use them. It's Excel. It's cut and paste. Trust me, it's not complicated. right? Anyone, if you have Excel, you just have to have Excel and just, just cutting and pasting and pressing buttons. That's about it. You don't need to do it. You don't really need to do anything. You don't need to learn computer programming. You don't need to, to you don't need to do any of that. You don't have to know math formulas or anything. You just have to understand blunt methodologies and and basic statistical and probability concepts and i teach that in this course so go to theory and pick that up and hit that like button on your way out the door hit the subscribe button hit the notification bell we got grinders live later today crunch time which has been free all season brought to you by FanDuel, and uh we'll, we'll also we'll have basketball back in two weeks uh-oh, basketball's back. NBA is back. Can't wait. Can't wait to talk about something at 11 a.m. and for it to mean absolutely nothing at 7, right? Who do we play today? And no clue until 17 people are out. And it's 6.45 and you're struggling to change your lineups yet again. Uh, can't wait. I really You can tell the sarcasm in my voice. Cannot wait. But I'll be here for you, right? I'm always here answering your DFS strategy questions Monday through Friday at 11 o'clock Eastern on the DFS Free Game Show on rotogrinders.com.)